host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Kotcher to recap a 3-2 win over Portland. Josh, how you doing? Um, I mean, what, this is season six now? Yes. It is good to be back. Um, you know, obviously we had to wait a, wait an extra week after the the winter storm that hit California, uh, which was a bit nuts. Um, but man, it, it is, it's good to be back. It's good to see, see that the boys out there playing good to get a dub. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's so much to talk about so much to be happy about. And obviously there's the little things here and there that I think I'm sure that, you know, Tornillo is not going to be very happy about. Um, but at the same time, like I said, they this is one of the better performances, the start a game that I've seen from LAFC, right? Because even last year, we, we had gotten got used to LAFC playing from behind and having to win late to start the season. This was a welcome change to see them kind of playing from ahead and then going from there. Right. I mean, it's 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 one game. Obviously, it's a very positive result. So we're not what we're not really sure still what kind of conclusions we can draw, right? So this guy, it's kind of an exciting time where it's like we can just watch the game, we can see what they're doing, and it, we're all, everybody's trying to figure out what the game plan, what the game model is like this year, um, and and what LAFC is trying to accomplish. And I think after watching this match, uh, it does help to understand and kind of uh, retroactively understand i would say the the signings that were made um with the way that lafc came out and played against portland i don't think anybody really thought that lafc would end up on the the losing side of the possession battle against against portland at home uh especially if they were going to win but here we are right um very interesting thing to to consider that they basically conceded possession for large stretches of the of this game I will say though, like over, you know, as we've you know spent more and more time watching LAFC play against some of these other teams, and having seen Portland, you know, several a lot, right? We've seen a lot of Portland over the years. Several mm-hmm. Severese just does have does have this weird thing in the beginning of every season where they try to play more possession, they try to play with the ball more, and then somewhere about by summer they kind of realize, oh. If we just go back to our 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 Christmas tree formation and and sit back and counter, then yeah, we're likely yeah. to make the playoffs. And then from there, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so again, Portland, this has been within their mo for some time, right? Mm-hmm. Where they start off this the year playing a little bit more aggressively, and then kind of settle into their identity. Um, you know, and you know, again, I think they just happen to run into the perfect storm of LAFC. They were arrested. Portland's coming on a short, on a short break, um, because they played on Monday, and so yeah. I mean, like I said, this nothing, not to take anything away from how the boys played, but I think there is something to be said about <clears throat> Portland kind of playing out of character to yeah. a certain degree. Because usually, I mean, they're way more negative than what we saw this past week. Right. Well, and I think I think you see that in the second half changes that he makes. Adds defenders, pushes a few guys further up the field. Um, so I, I think I think that DNA, that Portland DNA, is still there, uh, where they go with the the anti football route to get a result, and they end up making a game out of it late. But um, Joshua, what 
what jumped out at you during this match in terms of something new for LAFC? I mean, obviously, I think the the monkey in the room or elephant in the room, whatever animal we want to use here for this analogy, was how how the team was going to be able to replace Chicho, mm-hmm. right? Um, where they were going to get that goal scoring, where they were going to replace that production. And again, it's a little early to say, right? But yeah. Apoku looks very comfortable and the team looks very comfortable with how he's playing in there. And again, this is a guy that's been around for a long time now, right? It's not like right. Apoku's um, new to the system or that. Like we've seen him come in and produce, you know, obviously in smaller sample sizes, but looked, you know, for the probably this is probably the first time he's gone a full 90 that I can remember outside of a, at least in a, in a regular season game. I mean, he he made a lot of substitute appearances last year. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't remember him. I can't remember for him. Maybe a like a maybe a, a open cup game or something along the line. But I can't remember the last time I saw him go a full ninety. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, know. he didn't. I mean, he did last this game, season. Right? Seems like forever ago. At this point. yeah, for sure. But. And so it's it is interesting to see how you know obviously how he fits into that role i mean again his his speed and strength is such an asset in terms of how he plays but also his work rate is undeniable and we've that's something we've noticed since the the day he stepped foot on the field in ccl remember when he tracked down that ball to the corner i mean the game was i think corner yeah right it was more or less well and done at that point yep but and he's still tracking them all the way down there absolutely but that moment just showed what kind of guy he was right in in terms of what he was willing to do and if he, as long as he continues to do those things, right, he's going to do good things in the system because there's enough, there's enough finesse talent behind him that he can he can rely on that pace and power um, to find opportunities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I like I said, good... he doesn't he doesn't need to be a distributor because he has Carlos Vela there. He has Buanga who's who's willing to do things. Yeah. He's got Ilya. He's got Acosta. You know. He's got Sifu. There's there's a ton of ability behind him to to make things happen he just has to put himself in the right place at the right time and he's con- consistently done that throughout his career yeah i think i think this is a good spot to kind of park and and discuss a few things uh lots been made we've made plenty of noise about it about not having a a big striker on on the roster and this front three showed an ability to really disrupt in the press and also to create on the fly, LAFC seemed to be keen on attacking in transition, maybe more than ever. Bob definitely attacked in transition and, and wanted a lot of like counter-pressing attacks to, to be launched, but um, this team seems really intent on playing quite direct once we turn the ball over. Um, and obviously you have you have the right guys in Bowanga and and... Opoku to do that as they are just so fast on the ball. And then obviously with Carlos Vela there, he's, he's able to create out of nothing as well. Um, I think this attacking front three is perfectly fine to get you through a lot of games in, in the league, maybe CCL. I I'm still kind of skeptical on what you're going to get against the bigger Mexican clubs with a front three that looks like this, but, only time will tell. 
I think Opoku has what it takes to play a bit of a false nine role. I think he showed a bit of inexperience today. He probably needs to start dropping a little bit further and be like in in that in between those two lines, the defend the defensive line and the midfield line, um, and then really being aware of when he's being tracked by a center back or when he's being closed down. There are a couple times where you know a center back was able to jump a pass that was coming to him because he's not holding up play effectively. Um, but you also see in the first eight minutes he's you know in the in the center circle and doing a little chop and putting a defender on the ground and then driving right at the back line again and creating just so much havoc. Um, so it, this could be something that, that really works out well. I mean, he's going to be a problem in open space Yeah, for, for teams because it's one thing, it's one thing if you ask him to play in tight spaces and again, it, it remains to be seen if, if he's going to have that ability. And again, yeah. I think, and I, I think he will, you know, again, this this is going. Like, this is the first game that we've really seen him in this role, right? Usually, he's stretching the field down the wing, right? And Carlos was playing more of that false nine. Yeah. Now he's stretching it through the middle with Carlos coming underneath, which is just mm, chef's kiss, yeah. right? In terms well, and then of, you, and then you see Carlos and him interchange quite well too, flipping mm-hmm. back and forth between. Boanga seems to to stay on the left much more. Um, not that he won't go into the middle, but. Carlos and, and Opoku are, are frequently interchanging. Uh, and I mean, just imagine having, having to prepare for that, right? Yeah. Where it's weird you... because it, it's a, it's what we all expect to see when they put Rossi, Rodriguez, and Carlos together. Right. And never right. got. Yeah. This is what it was supposed to, for, for everyone out there, this is what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Basically, with those three kind of interchanging and, and doing their thing because. Mm-hmm. Rossi continuing to make those runs back down, you know, down that backside the way that Buanga does. Buanga does it with a little bit more power and a little bit yeah. more control. Um, but Rodriguez and Vela never figured out how to interchange and work together correctly yeah. on that right-hand side because I don't think Rodriguez was ever quite comfortable coming off the right, mm. right or playing through the middle. Apoku right. is happy being a left footer as well, right? Is happy to play off the right and through the middle. Yeah. You know, again, and and has even I think he's even done done some good things off the left when he's had an opportunity. Yeah. So I mean, again, he played, he played it, on the left a ton last year. Yeah. So I mean, it really just goes to show, you know, how much work he's put in to get to this point. Because yeah. again, he's he's been a raw unfinished product for the last couple of years. Now I think we're really trying to, you know, like the sky's the limit for him, honestly. Because again, yeah. he's going to get a ton of opportunity because we all know how much attention Vela draws in open space. And if they're going to play this right. transition ball, Bella's going to draw a couple people with him. And what's going to be there is either the switch, you know, when Vela hits that switch to, to Buanga on the opposite side, mm-hmm. if a Poco makes himself available in the box, he's going to be able to get on the, the end of a couple or, you know, again, or just making those runs. And again, I think he's, he is that guy that makes a run across the face of goal that we've been waiting, you know, that we haven't seen since Christian Ramirez and, and yeah, uh, yeah. Dio then make that diagonal run from left to, you know, from the center across to the right. Mm-hmm. That really opens things up for, you know, for, for Carlos. Right. Right. And he's just going to, again, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at what we saw. And then the question just becomes now, if Opoku becomes this revelation that we weren't expecting, what do you, what is your next move? 
right? Mm. Do you go, you know, like I said, do you go into the TAM market? I don't even know how much we have left, right? Do we go into that U23 market? Again, there's there's a lot of un, untold things, but again, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's going to ride on Sifu as well and what yeah. happens there yeah. um, and what they decide to do. But you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, I think. I mean, I don't. Just... I don't think. I don't think you alter your plan at all. I, it, Opoku exploding means a couple of things. It means you have an option for right now, and it also means that people are going to come knocking for him. Um, one of the things that he did that I, I mean, it's on his goal, but the quick finish that he has. So I think it's Sifu wins the ball, turns it over, finds Vela out on the right wing. And then it immediately comes into Opoku who's kind of making this outside to inside run and he gathers the ball. Boom. Shot immediately comes shoots with power um, right past Bingham and go back and watch that goal and see how quick that shot comes. There's no setup. It's just almost out of nowhere that he gets this shot off with all that power. So that's, I think that combined with his work when he dropped into the midfield and would drive the ball forward, I, I'm good. I'm good on, yeah. on him playing their significant minutes. Now, can he do it? Can these three do it every game through the season and CCL and open cup? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> that's right? it, that's like, not, I, that's I, not I, an Opoku problem. That's just, that's back to the issue. same. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the question just becomes like, my question is like, at that point, are we looking at uh, what profile are we looking for, right? Is it is it the available Bobby Firmino, who kind of fits it perfectly into yeah, what they right, want to do, right? Or is it you know uh, Olivier Giroud, where it gives you a change of pace and a guy a more of a target guy that gives you something different from what you're currently getting? Yeah, I, it's it's a good question because I if if again this goes back to the the idea of we have to see a few more games to see how they play all this. And I think, I think them kind of leaning into more of mid block press on, you know, very well-defined triggers uh, to win the ball and then attack from there directly. That might be what helps them weather the storm through all these matches is not going out and playing all total football for whatever it is, 65 matches or whatever they're, potentially slated for this year um so maybe maybe that's the the game plan to to weather all this so and if that's the case then no you can't go get Giroud right or big a big target striker you gotta you have to go with the Firmino type who I think is uh, you and I have talked about it plenty Josh the idea that Bobby Firmino is who they've always wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they haven't signed anybody because he hasn't been available right yeah right and uh is it going to happen? Probably not. But they signed Gareth Bale last year, so what yeah. do we know? And, and, and the thing that gives me hope, and you know, I've kind of gone back and forth on Twitter with um, some of our faithful, um, is that the guy's won everything already. Yeah, right. It's it's not like he's he's trying to win. You know, he, he's he's not trying to win that last Champions League trophy. He's not trying to. You know he's done with Brazil, right? He's probably not going to make mm-hmm. you know be on the national team anymore at this point of his career. Um, 
You know, like what else does he have to prove? And you know, if Gareth Bale showed anything, right? Like LAFC is more than happy to accommodate whatever lifestyle you want. You want here, <laughs> um, as long as you can provide something, right? Yeah. Whether that's marketing or or actual per- on the field production, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, if it makes sense, it makes sense. Um, and it, there's a lot of things that make sense about him. The question just becomes, you know, what kind of money are we looking at? How does that square out? You know, right, because right. because of the 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 current roster limitations, does he come on a bail deal, right? Where it's a, a TAM deal with a promise of something more or whatever it may be. Again, it, it puts you into a weird spot because and then you're you're kind of waiting on what happens to Carlos Vela as well. Yeah. No, and it, it's, you know, it, it's all ultimately speculation, but um, like I said, you, you see a couple things in this game and you start thinking, okay, well, maybe this is why they signed this guy. This Maybe this is why they let this guy run or, or walk, I should say. Maybe this is what they're trying to line up for the summer. Ultimately, we won't know till then, and that's fine. Um, along with this kind of, we're going to play a mid-block defense, we're going to press when, our, when we're ready, uh, I think this does color the Aaron Long signing a, a little bit more. This idea mm-hmm. that you're not necessarily going to play with the ball as much as you wanted to before, or as much as I might like personally, right? Um, I think I think we probably owe a few minutes to Aaron Long here, or a discussion on Aaron Long, because you and I have been extremely hard on him both as a defender of the year candidate and as a USMNT center back. Um, If you don't mind, I'll just go ahead and start us off and kind of give my, so here's, here's my take on Aaron long. Aaron long is an average defender. One V one. He gets a lot of credit for being a great defender, which I don't think is the truth. Uh, But I think he's a good ish defender one-on-one. Again, average in MLS. That's fine. Uh, I don't think he's as good at playing a high line as everybody thinks. Maybe that's just him coming off an off an injury, but we'll see. If you want proof of that, go watch what Brandon Vasquez did to him last at the end of last season. Uh, he's not good on the ball. But again, if we're not playing with the ball, then that's okay. This is basically you're upgrading Ibeaga for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um he is excellent in the air, both offensively and, de- and defensively. And I, I do mean excellent. He is a different caliber of athlete when it comes to winning aerial duels. Uh, and I, I anticipate him having, having three or four goals, at least this season, um, off a team as good as, on attacking set pieces as LAFC. And I think he'll probably bail us out of some um, as well. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. So I think if you, if your deal is, hey, we're gonna not have the ball, we're gonna win on set pieces uh, and steal some goals there. We're gonna try and play uh, a bit of a high line. Again, he's not great there, but he's okay. And there's plenty of statistics to back this up if that's what floats your boat. Um, I still prefer to see Chiellini there as much as possible for obvious reasons. And I don't think that's a controversial take at all. I think even if you caught Aaron long in an honest moment, he'd be like, yeah, you should probably play Giorgio over me. But uh, Josh, 
anything anything I missed there or anything you want to challenge or go over? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think again, I think the assertion, our biggest issue was even with him as the national team, right? They were saying is this, if we need a guy who can play from the back, he's not that guy, right? Yeah. We're very much, we're very much in the mindset that John Brooks was the better option over long if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Right. But if the, it isn't, right, and you have a Chiellini who can come in there when you need, when you do need that, right, mm-hmm. and you're going to need it for half the games. Yeah. Give or take. Right. Like it's just, you know, the nature of, Major League Soccer is that you're probably going to need someone who can play that way for about fifty percent of the games. That can yeah, that can yeah. break lines, that can do those things, that can be good with the passing. You know that you're going to face intense pressure. Um, and then the other fifty percent of the games, you're going to need someone who can come in on a on a set piece and put one home. Right, right, right. And so, if if that's what we're we're looking at in terms of the rotation. And we have a Maldonado there. We have a Segura when he's when he's healthy there. I think we're pretty we're pretty we're in a good place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because again, Giorgio is going to need rest, and so if if the intent is that he's going to play in half the games or the end of games, so that he is able to rest, so we can play. You know, if we have to play, if each of them is basically playing thirty games over the course mm-hmm. of the season with all, all the different competitions, and Mario's playing. Probably say again, and this is assuming that we're going to compete in every single one. You want Mario to play somewhere around 45 of those 60, yeah, and then Maldonado, right? And then Maldonado in 15, yeah. You run out Aaron Long and Maldonado in open cup games, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? Where they're probably other teams are rotating as well, so you can get away with a little less defensively, a little less. Yeah, and we're not even sure what we're even going to get from Maldonado yet. He could be a baller for all we know. Yeah, right? I mean, fingers like, crossed. People seem to be pretty high on him, and so um, yeah, like in ultimately in the end, I think, like I said, our our issue was less. I think I I almost feel bad at times because our issue was less with him and more with the Talking Heads rating of him, and yes. you know, like yes. the the establishment. Yes. Up the establishment. Oh, he's worth fifteen million dollars, and he should be going to X Premier League club. When yeah. again, he's an, a good, if not excellent, major league soccer level defender, especially in specific systems. I'll go with I'll go with good. Yeah, I mean MLS defender. You know, like yeah. if you put him excellent, in a, excellent in some areas. Yes, put yeah. him put him on a team that doesn't want the ball. Yep. You know, or again, they're just going to play this, direct. But this, so this is where. I think his one his one v one defending is suspect, more suspect than the talking heads will admit. Yeah. And again, if you if you go to FB Ref and pull up year by year, like the amount of tackles, the amount of like and like what percentiles he's in, it's it's fairly low. And mm-hmm. again, that's okay because that's not his style. He's the guy that you want in the box, clearing away crosses. Yeah. That's what you want. And I'll just say this. That's the only way Seattle can score right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know whether to be impressed or to roll my eyes at what Seattle's doing, just putting up ridiculous goals. Uh, Jordan Morris and Christian Roldan with like multiple headed goals right now. Um, that's not going to happen if Aaron Long is there because he is 
I will say it. He's elite at winning aerial duels. Um, so even if maybe, maybe, maybe this is JT playing 40 chess and he knew exactly what Schmetzer was going to come out and do and just know that Seattle was going to be the, the big opponent in the West and just lumping in, uh, you know, lobbed crosses. And so you park Aaron long there in the middle and Seattle's hopeless. Um, yeah. who knows? Who knows? I doubt that's the case. I think this is an opportunistic signing at a, at a position of need and a position where, um, a lot of MLS teams skimp and then go and then get punished for it. I think you're seeing that in Austin right now where mm-hmm. your starting center back goes down and the next guy up passes it directly to <laughs> a St. Louis attacker and you lose the game. Right. Um, so I, again, the idea that he was ever worth 15 million to a Premier league cl- club is silly. Um, the idea that he was going to be some big answer for the U S on the international stage is silly. I worry about him defending one V one and CCL especially, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, and then again, we, if, if that's the case, we still have, you know, they rested Keelina for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have Mario there. We have, we have options, you know, Maldonado very... is, is experienced in, in CONCACAF. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's, yeah. that's a plus signing there because he knows what to deal with when you're going into hostile territory in South America, I right. mean, in Central America. So, you know, I'm very interested to see what happens on Thursday and how the starting lineup is because it, Based on Chiellini's age, I would assume Aaron Long gets to start. Now, the last time I watched Aaron Long in CCL was when he was with Red Bulls against Santos, and he shipped both goals. Yeah. It, like, both goals were on him. Again, this that's small sample size, right? And it's on a different team uh, in a different type of system. But that's where some of my concerns start to come in, or his defending, especially at the 1v1. All right. 1v1 defending, especially at the international level. Yeah. So, But I have all the faith in the world that he can get the job done week to week in MLS. So I don't know if that clears anything up. I don't know if that makes it worse for anybody. But that was nine more minutes than I wanted to spend talking about Aaron <laughs> Lyon. <laughs> and, his, and his nine minutes of game time I mean, I mean, to be fair, here's, here's the hoping the guy turns into the baller of the year and absolutely kills it, right? Absolutely. I mean, like, it's not like we're wishing that he, the guy, you know, fails miserably just so we can prove ourselves. I'm happy to be proven wrong almost all the time. In yeah, fact, yeah, Chicho yeah. consistently did that to me all of last year. <laughs> so again, yeah. you know, like I said, like you know, pe- I, I'm ha- again, I'm we're we're happy to be wrong on all these cases. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the weird things about podcasting is, or being on Twitter in general, is that you are trying to explain to people what you're seeing. And for some misguided reason, they pay, they put faith in what we say. Right. And so it doesn't mean that we're the authority figure. It's just that like, Hey, I like, I don't see long as a center back that can pass the ball. Well, cause he's not. So if you're telling me that LAFC is going to do something other than pass with their center backs, then fine, sign them. Fine. But if you're telling me that you want to play uh total football, and he's going to be one of the guys that I'm going to bring it up and be like, Hey, this is not, this is not going to work. So, but yeah, if the game, if the game model has changed to this less possession, more direct attack, then good, fine. 
bring them on. Let's use them. Anyway, uh, who else from this weekend, Josh? I mean, the resurgence of athletic Carlos Vela, something yeah. that, we, that can't be <laughs> discounted. Um, I don't know how many people. Again, I think I feel like in the in the busyness of the off season, and obviously also just kind of not caring because we won the cup, right? I, that, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a lot. A lot of the off season was just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to bask in the glory of the cup and not have to worry about anything that's happening. But there was an article that came out by Josh Gross um, that talked about how Carlos Vela was inspired to hire, after having won the cup, to hire a personal trainer for the very first time in his career. And man, it, at first I didn't know how to feel, right? As, as a physical yeah. therapist and having encountered, you know, having had encounters with professional athletes quite a bit. Right. Like I know all of them have had, you know, like whether they were in high school, college, they've all had personal yeah. trainers, right, to get them to a certain level. And he's been able to coast without it. Right. Yeah. And then I also think if he had done it before, he would never be at LAFC and we would never won the cup. So, I mean, more yeah, power to him right. that he figured it in, he figured it out now after we've won and we've got, you know, it we is- got to see him. It is kind of the strange, like, he got a taste of of championship glory, and then all of a sudden is like, you know what, I want to do this more. Uh, like, he finally fell in love with football after winning a trophy. <laughs> it's just... I still don't think he enjoys football that much comparatively <laughs> to, you know, being with his family and other things. Again, don't no, him. I mean, you could tell. You could tell he is... Uh, and I look, I, I'm... I have four boys of my own. Like I, I, I get it. I get it. I don't care about my job really. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and if, if that's what football is to him is it's nothing more than a vehicle to provide for his family. Then dude, I'm right there with him. I think one of the most telling things is that his goal celebration is always different and it's always looking right up at his family. Right. Yeah. It's whatever his, it's whatever his son wants. Right. So you, this week exactly was a Pokemon. It, yeah, you know that before every game, he and his son have this adorable conversation of like, hey, what should my celebration be this week? And his son's like, oh, I think it should be Pokemon. I think it should be like last year he was doing, I remember one of them was like a, like he did rabbit ears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that's kind of, to me, as a lame 37-year-old dad of four, like that's, I, I love that. I love yeah. that about him, right? Um, I mean, it's weird because, like I said, now being a dad, you appreciate it so much more than I think I would have five years ago, you know, and being single. And I'm like, why doesn't this guy care about my team as much as I do? Right. Right. And this weird, like, projection thing that we we tend to Mm do. Um, But, hey, you know, like I said, I love it because, again, we get we get to be the beneficiaries of seeing his resurgence and, you know, and figuring these things out because if Carlos Vela does, you know, is, is that in some, you know, is able to come back into this, you know, even close to peak form, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Because this team's not going to need a striker at that point. You're just going to no. be filling in little, you're just going to be filling in gaps at that point. Carlos and, Vela at his peak in MLS qualify with in MLS had 49 goals and assists in one season. Yeah. Like that, 
and I think so. I mean, he he got a goal and an assist. He had the assist. I think he got credited with the assist to Poku, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so goal and assist already. Again, one game. Who knows what's going to happen? But if he's fit and motivated and ready to go again, my goodness, good luck. Look out. Yeah, good luck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, especially you, when you have a oh, team that fits around him too, though. Right, that's the other part of right, it. Like, right, like he did that on a team that didn't quite fit. You know, what I mean, like, yeah, you had a you had Deal, you had Christian Ramirez, you had guys that were coming and going. Yeah, and then I think Rodriguez came in at the end of the season, mm-hmm. right? But that you know, but like, look what he had behind him. Yeah, you know, you had Latif and Mark Mark Anthony King. You know, God bless them. They you know worth their butts off, but they weren't creating a midfield that infamously did not create. Yeah. Yeah. Like like work rate times three hundred. Yeah. Creation fifty. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> like if a if K, K played a ball through that just happened to get through, great. And it happened yeah. every now and then. Right. Yeah. But what is that? Dead clocks right twice a day. Yeah. I think I, I think I have a tweet thread out there from twenty nineteen about like this amazing ball that Mark Anthony K played. Um is the Seattle one? I'll have to, I'll have to go back and, and look. But I I remember watching the play and being like, did Mark Anthony K, Mark Anthony K, really eliminate like eight defenders with one pass to Carlos Vela? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like the one time. So yeah, short lived. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. Oh, I mean, like man. I said, and if if like I said, if Vela can do that with it with this team, just. I mean, again, you you have the luxury of them having have having been together and won together, right? Yeah. Um, you're really only missing Max and Escobar. I mean, Max and Chicho, right from the original yeah. crew. Yeah, I I would say yeah, Chicho. I, I I Escobar featured so little last year that I think Hollingshead at, at right back is probably. When I whenever I look back at the 2022 season, it will always be Hollingshead at right back. Yeah, so because yeah, that's, that's who mean, was there the entire time. When you really think about it, it's like they're gonna have a continuity that very few teams will have had. Right, most of the yeah. time, the championship teams get ripped apart left and right. Yeah, and yep. again, the summer will may we may see some of that the summertime too. Yeah, because we did we. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm actually more surprised that Sifu is still here than. You know, then, then I mean, else. I think I think Vince is right. I think they're going to sign him as a DP, and I'm and convinced then move him that they in the should. Yeah, well, not not even move him in the summer. Keep him till the end of the year. Sign him as a DP. Preserve your U22 stuff because he's. I think he still qualifies based on when he transferred or something. I don't know. And then hold on to him, hold on to him until you get a good offer, hmm. and. Still, like, let them know, hey, we're still going to facilitate a move when it all makes sense. And then that gives you a little bit more time to, to make things happen. Yeah. Um, and we all we already know that JT can get deals in the summer done that don't require DP contracts. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's why he signs people in the summer as well is because their, their budget charge only hits for half because it's half the year that they play. Um. So I, I don't I, I think I think they're set up really well. Like you said, everybody's returning. It, we're just looking for really depth. Unless you, 
you know, like we talked all that about all, all this time about a number nine. Again, still think that's a good option, a good idea for them to add. But if this is what they're going to look like week in and week out, then again, go for depth. Yeah. Um, Josh, what do you think of Stipe Puke? He's much bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. Like profile. I mean, like again, I'm so used to seeing Rossi out there and mm-hmm. Mahala and Latif that when he comes in, he's what? It looks like he's about 6'1". I don't know how big he actually is. Let's take I don't know. He looked, here. I mean, he, he looks like he can still put on muscle, but he looked, like I said, he just, I thought he was going to be small, going to be a lot smaller than what he came out looking like. Yeah, he's listed as six feet tall. Yeah, and he looked every bit of it, right? He looked he looked yeah. bigger next to a lot of the Portland defenders when they're kind of nipping at him. Um, I, he needs time to to get settled in, right? Yeah, but he he can do a lot of things that are that we've grown accustomed to seeing at LAFC. So I don't right. I think once he once he figures it out, I think he'll be a good part of the rotation that's going to make a contribution. The ability, the speed is all there. Mm-hmm. So like all these kind of like physical and technical attributes, uh, you can clearly see what remains to be seen. And it'll have to be over several games is does he have the tactical acumen and the, and the understanding of the game to truly be dangerous? Um, which I think is what you saw with Rodriguez. He didn't have those parts of, of, of the game. Right. And that's what ultimately did him in. But I will say, comparatively to when Rodriguez came in and tried to just dribble past everyone, right? Yeah. Buke does seem to want to combine and, and move and and do all the things, right? He yeah. doesn't seem yeah. like a guy that's looking to, to take it, you know, just to take everyone on, right? Like, he looks like he's trying to combine and find find opportunities. And, you know, he looked good in moments. And like I said, I just... You know, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to go through and profile other Croatian wingers. I realize that they're not all the same. So I get it. But countries often do have, especially countries that have like as good of a national program as Uruguay Croatia. or Croatia, they have profiles that they drill into players. It's one of the mm-hmm. big failings of U.S. soccer is that Nobody has, well, it's another conversation, but nobody has the stones or the know-how to say this is what an American winger is going to look like. Um, but I, I, would, I would imagine Croatian wingers are going to be quite different from Uruguayan wingers who play out of that 4-4-2 Uruguayan system, right? Yeah. It's all on the break. It's all on the counterattack. Um, I mean, it's, it's Ivan Perisic, right? That's... That's right. kind of yeah. their guy right yeah. now at the moment, playing off that left wing, and yeah. <clears throat> you know he's a guy that gets you know like the one thing about all Croatian players, right? They will get stuck in, right? They're they're gonna yeah. defend well, um, but also I think like they tend. What I've seen is that they tend, he, you know, he's a guy that tends to be, you know, in, in, involved in all facets of the game, right? He can cross, he can he can get. I in, mean, they're the they're box. for as much as they defend, and and kind of just muck everything up. They are also total footballers, right? Yeah, you I mean, it helps to have Modric in the midfield. You know, but, pulling. but right, absolutely. The greatest midfielder of a generation, right? But I don't think it's an accident that it happens in, in Croatia, right? Who are their other midfielders? Yeah, Kovacic and midf- Brozovic. Rakitic, 
Kovacic, yeah. right? All the itches. They're they're all there and they're all brilliant midfielders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an accident that they have all these great players. And I think I think that is a going to be helpful as we evaluate and try and figure out what it is about Buke that makes him special and what he's trying to do on the field. So anyway, uh, what about Tim Tillman? He looks great in the system. Yeah. I right? like he, I think he, he understands the, you know, the, the idea of pass and move really well. Yeah. Right. You can tell he, you, you can tell he's had that like European upbringing in terms of the way he played. He's played, you know, he was with Bayern too, right. For a lot yeah, of his. Yeah. I mean, he, Bayern Academy, right. Yeah. But I mean, this is a, this is a German system. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 it's almost unmistakably Steve Chirundolo, right? Absolutely. Um, and so it's, it, I think it is a good fit, right? Um, this is, this is how he's looking to play. You so possess I, sometimes and then the rest of the time, you know, you look to really let's get go on the break. Goal. Let's get to goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Oddly enough, like that's it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else new to talk about with this team because, like you said, everybody's come back. Uh, I got John McCarthy starting, right? Uh, do we have any great nicknames for John McCarthy? I want to like give him like some sort of like battle name. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's like Big Mac. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I, yeah, Big Mac. Uh, I he needs to be. It needs to be like the hero of. I don't. I don't know. I, some like a like some sort of medieval battle sounding nickname. I don't know, but John McCarthy's back, the hero of MLS, the uh, the MLS Cup MVP. Obviously, um, I think he's a bit at fault on the second corner. Josh, he get, he almost has his ball nicked away playing through his feet. I don't think he's the long term uh, option. I think that's obvious. That's obvious with the way that they went out and got Jakob Jakubovic. Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Um, when it was clear that Kripo wasn't going to be ready, Kripo's obvious, obviously the guy. I mean, the, the keeper that they went out and signed, I think, is older than Chiellini, right? Jakubovic. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Um, so obviously McCarthy's a great backup, a great character. He's done great things for you before. Uh, he's not the greatest keeper in MLS, but we're happy to have him and we're happy to have such a solid backup, uh, between the pipes while yeah. Kripo and, and the style, the current healthy. style will fit him better. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're not asking him to play through the back too much. Like I don't think I really saw him have to play a pass. He's just kick it long and, you know, let the rest of the guys do the work. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it helps to have Chiellini, right? You give yeah. the ball back to Chiellini and, He's gonna he's gonna pick out a pass somewhere on the field, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a dime on somebody's shoelaces. You know, so it's you know, we're we're in a luxury position, right? That most teams yeah. are when your starting yeah. keeper breaks his leg tragically to win you the cup, right? So yeah, yeah that's a, that's I, a I, weird way to say heroically, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of these situations where you know, I, you know, I, I think we'll be fine until either Max is ready or absolutely have. You'll have this goalie by committee for the time being, and we'll go from there. Um, it's not anything we're not used to, right? As LEFC fans, <laughs> the carousel continues. <laughs> yeah, um, it's almost back to normal when you have a rotating goalkeeper all the time. But you know, again, like McCarthy is, you know, he's our MVP, 
right? And like finals MVP. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to have him. I mean, again, you just he's just such a likable guy, right? So you just yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm 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 more than happy to see him there and to play well and to win games. You know, so and I will say on that second goal, yeah, he he probably should have made sure that he went and got that ball. Um, he'd probably even admit to that, but. I mean, I don't know what the heck this ref is doing when I think it was um, Bravo clears out our defender to win in, the corner like, in the first place. Right before yeah. that leading to the corner, like just overruns him and then you don't get nothing. And then before the, not what, five minutes before that, Apoko gets cleared out by Bravo again yeah. and doesn't get a penalty on the exact yeah. same thing. So two missed calls there that could have led to two, you know, that really would have just ended the game. But you know, what are you going to do, right? Never yep. leave it in the hands of the officials. Yep. All right. I think that's it in terms of coverage. Uh, LAFC got their rings. They look good. Championship banner, much better than NYCFC's. Now it's called BMO Stadium. I see that there's more stadium food available. Josh, are there any other stories that we don't talk about that need to be talked about here? Um, CCL. I mean, anything, anything, yeah, any, any thoughts there with, uh, with this game on Thursday? Dude, I have no idea what to expect because I, like, we've only seen them for one game, right? And they've got Alajuense, which is a great Costa Rican side. So it's, I, I don't, I don't know what to expect because I don't, I don't know how they're going to line up. I feel like this this team, despite returning so many people, has undergone some significant changes probably in the in their game model. So it's just a yeah. matter of seeing what happens. And there, I mean, and the you know, obviously the where other teams are always going to have the, the upper hand against against major league soccer teams is that they're halfway through their season already, right? Right. So. Um, they are 11, 11 games in, you know, yeah. and I believe are they're at the top of the league or pretty close to it. And they I just think they're kind of like a, perennial winners yeah. down there. Yeah. And they just beat up on the team 4-0 leading up into this game. So, yeah. you know, obviously we don't know. They are like, they are the big dog in Costa Rica, right? They're the ones that, you know, they're based, they're who you expect to be that, you know, to represent that region on a regular yeah. basis. Um, so we'll see, you know, again, um, I don't think it's going to be easy. It's never easy going into hostile territory. You know, mm-hmm. like I think we got a nice, nice size contingent of the 3252 heading out there this weekend as yeah. well from what I hear. So again, like I said, I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be, you know, interesting to see how LAFC approaches it. But, you know, again, I think, they re- they pulled Vela Chiellini and um, and Ilya for a reason. I think with the expectation of this game, fingers which, crossed. Which fingers means crossed the it. New England yeah. game on Sunday is likely. I don't want to say a yeah. throwaway, right? But you're definitely going to see a lot more rotation than right. We normally, we, I think we normally would in that situation. Yeah, Buanga yeah. probably the guy that plays all three. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, and I you will can throw say, Mahala out for all three. I'm sure. Yeah. As well, I I will say. This is most of these guys prefer the schedule just to play games and not have to train. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is the, the things like, oh, kids. it's a lot of games. Like, yeah. Yeah. Over the course of the season, yeah, it adds up. Right. But how many games is Manchester City, Liverpool playing every year? Yeah. Yeah. 
right? I mean, Liverpool's not going to be playing very much after they got battered by Madrid in on midweek. Oh, and but, they, they turned around and handed that favor right to Man United. Oh, yeah. Shout you out know, to Liverpool for as soon as Man United started feeling themselves and as soon as they looked like they were back, just knocking them down a hundred pegs. My goodness. Look, I I kind of am very open about the fact that I don't have an EPL team. Uh just because I, I just want to watch that league to enjoy it. And there's almost nothing that I enjoy more than watching Man U struggle year after year. And I was a bit scared. I was a bit scared that they were gonna just they look run, good. start running away with it all. But yeah. Um, seven nothing josh oh my goodness yeah i mean again it's apparently if if you keep going back liverpool have done this to manchester united over the course of history (laughs) anytime anytime united is running high you go into anfield and you'll get whomped because it's anfield right right? um so you know like there is there is a little bit of that but Mm. yeah i digress it was it is fun to watch but again to get back to the original point you know, like, yes, it's a lot of soccer. That I think the travel, less so much the games, is what hurts you more. Yeah, right? like yeah. spending right. time on a plane. But Costa Rica is not a bad flight. It's about four, four and a half hours straight flight yeah, from yeah. LAX. Mm-hmm. There's a United. There's a United flight that goes straight there and back now. Nice. Uh, are, are, they, are we at home against New England? Yes. Okay. So they're there and they come back to play New England on Sunday. Okay. And it's on yeah. Sunday, so there's a little bit of, little bit of a time gap, right? So yeah, you'll get, yeah. you know. So we'll see. Obviously, it depends on what happens in the game as well. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, they get run ragged. You know, but honestly, they may be going in to try and nick a one nil victory in a hostile territory. You know, play yeah. it tight. Don't do too much. The game model is already different, right? It's not frantic. It's not exhausting. <laughs> from right. Where, right. You know. So again, I I honestly they're perfect, think they're, yeah they're perfectly content to drop. At times, I thought. Is this a four-one-four-one that we're watching? Like the way that the way that the mid block was shaped. Sometimes it's tough to tell. Again, it's all nonsense anyway. Really, when you talk about like how what the shape is, right? They're clearly attacking from a four-three-three. Uh, it's unclear whether the mid block is like a flat four-three-three, or sometimes it looks like those wingers pull back and it's a four-five-one, or sometimes Ilya is not quite there, and so it's a four-one-four-one. It's 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 tough to to tell again, in a, especially in only one game where it might be like this is this is what we did against Portland because we knew that they'd be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, but I, I I do think they're in a much better position in terms of the game model to survive over the course of you know over the course of what's it called over the course of. 60 games or whatever the heck it is yeah now. yeah right right um because again i think if you're gonna try and try and play that bob brat that bob bradley high press the whole way i mean i, I don't know if you're gonna make it and again you will even, die yeah. yeah i mean and, look at look at look what at, happened all the time with all and, the late he, game collapses for sure but even like even teams like liverpool right who you know when Klopp first got there that was their mo counter press the heck out of it you know all this all this stuff and eventually that game model shifted to where they was yeah yeah do it when you need to right they still do right. it every now and then right 
you know, they did it to Madrid to start the game, and then it, they, then you, they paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they did it to United and just ran about the building. Right. So there, yep. there is a time and a place, but I think it's understanding when it's appropriate and when it's not. Um, that's what you know. That's that's gonna be the the key. You know, again, I think Bob was of the mindset that you had to only play one way, and I I think the pragmatism of you know trying to low is what's gonna help. Yeah, yeah. German engineering. Okay, uh, let's get into the questions here. There's a handful on Twitter. Again, sorry, we're a couple of days late on these. At uh, LAFC Luke. I think we let our foot off the pedal to conserve some energy for CONCACAF coming up in a congested start to the schedule. Also, what was McCarthy doing on that corner? But otherwise, a solid win for the boys. So kind of what we just talked about, the idea that you might be resting a few, especially removing Chiellini, Ilya. Ilya and and Vela were the first two subs, and they were about, I think it was about 65 minutes in. Yeah, Um, Chiellini's, you know, only about 10 or 15 minutes uh, of rest. I think he came out in like the 80th minute. Part of that is also Aaron Long is new and still coming off of his own injury battle. I mean, I, I know I realize he just went to the World Cup, but um, so again, I no idea what, <laughs> I mean, McCarthy's coming out. I think he's just an aggressive goalkeeper. So he's coming out trying to clear it, doesn't do a good job. That ball needs to be punched into the stratosphere. Um, and wasn't. So what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, felt like he pulled up a little bit seeing his guy in front of him but then got caught in no Yeah, yeah. Okay, at Somber and Marath. Loved our tempo, our fight, and our pressure was not happy with our passing and our depth. Uh, Josh? Uh, the passing is going to take time, right? But I also, I think the model, like yours that we were talking about, the model has changed where the passing is not nearly as important as it was. Right. Yeah, you're, you're going to see you're going to see and Bella. more aggressive passes out of the midfield, trying to get in behind early, uh, right off a turnover. So it's going to be there's going to be fewer connected passes as a result. Um, so I I think as much as we want them to fix it, we also need to adjust our own expectations. Uh, Mike Oxthick. I'm very concerned that we have way too many games this year and not enough depth. So, I mean, I agree. We've already talked about the fact that we definitely need uh, another forward, preferably somebody who plays nine in the mold of Bobby Firmino, um, right? Somebody that is going to go in and do all, all the different jobs that LAFC are looking for a striker to do. I think you still need a midfielder. I still think you need potentially another fullback. We're out of senior roster spots, so I don't know how all that works. Yeah, I mean, you probably need one of the young guys to come good. Yeah. At this point, right? And, you know, maybe we'll see. Like, for sure, at Open Cup, I think we're going to see Torres. We're going to see Leone. We're going to see some of these guys mm-hmm. come into the fold, you know. So we'll see. I mean, That's, again, it's... It's going to take a while before the academy really floats the bottom end of this roster. That's just mm-hmm. the nature of the game. Like, it's it's basically attrition. If you train a thousand kids, you're going to have fifty that work out, right? Or whatever, whatever the number is. And we haven't tra- we haven't yet trained a thousand kids. So, patience. Uh Tom Camilleri, 
Welcome back, everyone. No such thing as a bad W against Portland, but you can have a questionable finish. Hollingshead was dragging for the last 25 minutes and needed a sub. Hollingshead is the early leader for for the Diego Rossi award for most disallowed goals. Did, did the finish that he had on the ball outside the box when Vela was on called offside? Holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's doing playing fullback, but well, hey. we saw, we saw when he played winger last time, last season, Josh, <laughs> and it did not go well. But him, him coming through on set pieces and coming through the middle late, like as a late runner, I think, I think we're going to see quite a few fireworks this season from him. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, we just have to hope that they don't do it at the same time because that's also what led to Portland's first <laughs> the goal. The Portland counterattack, right? Palacios yeah, making where, the extra where run. Cheeky and, and yeah. Costa run into the same space on accident. Yeah. And then we get countered right down that, that mm-hmm. section of the field. Uh, Lavanda Popular, what are your thoughts on the front three? Seems like we need to accept that there won't be a traditional number nine, at least until summer. But the fluid front three approach seems plenty capable of producing goals with all the attacking talent available. I feel like somebody has already listened to this episode of the podcast. This is like the, one of those space ball incidents. Like when is now, now soon. Um, because we've talked about all this, Josh, mm-hmm. yeah, do you have anything so, to add on this one? No. I mean, like I said, like, I don't know, even in the summer, I don't know if the, the quote unquote traditional number nine is ever what we're going to see at this yeah, team, yeah, right. So, there's obviously a profile that they want, right? If they weren't happy with Chicho, then right, the only person that's ever going to fit that mold is Bobby Farino, right? So we'll we'll see. He's available. Make it happen. Make it happen, JT. Lionel Hutz. I'll stay positive. Keelini is so much fun to watch. The way he engages the opposing team almost seems like he disarms them with his friendliness. Things seem to fall apart when him and Ilya left. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you're taking, we talked about those subs, right? You took off Ilya and Carlos at the same time. And you also then took Chiellini off and Dutz. Those are three very experienced, very talented players um, that are important to what you're trying to do. They're, they're cornerstones of the team, I would say. I think this is one of the reasons I was so surprised to see Aaron Long and so many starting 11s coming into the season is that like, Giorgio Chiellini, if he has anything to give, and hopefully he does, is starting a ton of games. And I would still say you want him starting a majority of games if he's got it in his legs. Um, Josh, do you remember the injury that he had that he was coming off of? That may have wasn't it? What? Sorry, wasn't it an Achilles? Was it that? Was it an Achilles? It was. I mean, that's what that's what Aaron Long did, but it wasn't. It wasn't a good injury. Let's put it that way. Let's see here. I mean, not that I would want him to have ever torn or ruptured his Achilles, but uh, I th- I seem to remember him coming off of an injury, and so hopefully that's why he missed games and was kind of like limited in what he did last year, and he can do some more this year. But yeah, I don't know. That up. But I know it was like a bad injury. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, the last one's from Alan Kine at Tell a, tale, uh, tell a Tall Tale. Excuse me. A plus for the first 60 minutes of the game. D minus for the last 30. Maybe we can chalk up to first game jitters, but in a season where depth is very important, that was concerning. 
Portland, not at all built for comebacks, and yet there they were. And J-Mac, what exactly were you doing on that second goal? So again, similar stuff to what we've talked about so far. Portland made a couple of tactical changes that I think really helped to undo us. I think it they basically were able to stop the attack and then counter quickly, which is how they scored their goal. Then they get one on a corner. Um, because like Alan mentions here, <laughs> John McCarthy's kind of uh, caught in no man's land trying to clear a ball. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the depth will come will come through. I mean, I, I like the pieces they put together. They just need time. Yeah. To, to to meld and, and whatnot. And so give it I'm not going to make too much of a judgment on whether or not their quality depth pieces. Like from a talent perspective, I think they, they check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. From a fit perspective, it remains to be seen because again we just haven't seen enough of it yet. But yeah. Also, when push comes to shove and in the biggest of games, you know, they are likely not on the field anyways. Right. So mm-hmm. where they're only getting so much time, right? We're gonna be relying on the guys that we know and expect. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously we can, con- they'll likely continue to add pieces, but I-, I like what I've seen so far. It's just a matter of having time for that to kind of them to settle in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was an ACL injury. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, two years out or now what, injury. three years out, it's, he should be good. Yeah. It's usually about 18 months post post-op to kind of feel normal again. Okay. Well, I mean, there you have it. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he's up and running again and, and you've got 60% of games that he can start at least uh, across all those competitions. And, I mean, I think that's, again, who knows what they're doing. But if it's me, Keeling is in all the CCL matches and he's starting a majority of MLS matches as well uh, to make sure that you're getting results. Um what do I know? Yeah, I think he probably plays in all the home CCL matches mm. and probably is a substitute in the aways. Yeah. Something like that. I guess it depends on who you, on where you go. Yeah. To. Like, if they had drawn Atletico Pantoja in my home away from home, Santo Domingo, um, yeah, I, like I don't see, I don't see Giorgio Chiellini starting a match in the Dominican Republic, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen. But maybe not even in Costa Rica. But you know, if you end up at Azteca playing whatever Liga MX team that's there that's coming through, then I can see that. Yeah. But anyway, all right, Josh. Anything else that we need to get to? No, I don't think so. All right, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. And uh, we will talk to you all Thursday night after the game against Alajuense. Good night.